1: Hello, welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It is time for the Fans Footballer of the Year awards. I'm Andrew Musgrove, joined by our chief Newcastle United writer, Lee Ryder. Lee, how are you doing? I'm um, during this international break, the World Cup. Are you enjoying it?
0: Yeah, absolutely loving it. Um, I've pretty much watched every minute of every game, so it's been uh, it's been it's been different, but I've really enjoyed the tournament, and you know. Some of the games yesterday just um, were fantastic. The Cameroon game I thought was brilliant. In Portugal last night, uh, I've really enjoyed the the football element of it. It's been really good.
1: Yeah, some yes. amazing games, some big shocks as well. So it's been a, been a great tournament to watch. We've taken this opportunity at Chronicle Live and at Reach PLC to to uh, launch this year's Fans Footballer of the Year, and you've picked four Newcastle United players. Uh, you've nominated four Newcastle United players to be within the running of winning the Newcastle United Fans Football of the Year. And one of them has also been nominated for uh, the Fans Football of the Year across the whole of the British game. So we'll get onto that later in the show. Um, but before we run through your nominations, Lee, I ju- I'd just like you to tell our listeners and viewers what you're looking out for, what criteria you put forward when you do go to pick the Newcastle United Fans Football of the Year.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's got to be. It's not only just about contributions sort of in a game. Um, it's not just assists and goals. It's about work rate. It's about influence on the pitch. Uh, it's about um, how that player, how much of a success a player has been since they've joined the club. Um, it, it's many different factors all, all pitched together. Um, sometimes that can be reflected in the match day merit marks as well, um, which I know... Um, causes some nice, healthy debate. But uh, but look, it's, I think really coming to a Newcastle United, coming to a club like Newcastle United, I think it's... Uh, they always used to say about signing players, or it can be a good player, but can they handle life on the big stage at Newcastle United? Can they handle the intensity at Newcastle United? And um, I think the candidates were picked uh, this year certainly um, have proven that they can deal with deal with the day-to-day expectancy and you know what, what they've got to produce um, on a match day as well. So that that's pretty much uh, the way I look at uh, assessing players. So what I'll do is I'll,
1: I'll read the first, uh, I'll read the the names you've picked then we'll get into a bit more detail about, about why. So you've picked uh, Kieran Trippier or whether you've nominated Kieran Trippier, Bruno Guimaraes, Joe Linson and Almiron. I'm just wondering this time around, because we've done this for quite a few years now, and Alan St. Maxman was the winner the previous two years, given Newcastle's form and kind of the improvement in the squad with the, with the windows and who they've signed, was it easier or was it harder to pick a list of four? Because I don't know about you, but previously, and, and you might correct me on this, I think it was maybe always... Issuing that Alan St. Maximon would would win player or the fans' player of the year, given he was always the star man, but this time around, it, it seems like the pool is much wider, and there's probably a couple of names that haven't been picked. People might say, "Well, they'd be on on, on our list."
0: Yeah, I mean, just just while we're on about St. Maximon as well, uh, he really bought into uh, the Chronicles sort of player of the year thing the last couple of years. Put it on his Twitter we presented him with a with the trophy for doing it at the planet trophies in Killingworth, provided we with with that um and, and obviously he was really invested in it and delighted to win it which is great for us <clears throat> because it means that you know the the players are the players are on board with with the local media so big thanks to Alan St-Maximin for that um this year unfortunately not on the list has had some good games but sadly players have played more more matches than him so but I'm sure he'll come again and uh yeah so the the players do you want to go through who have um who've done this year
1: so we'll start with Stephen Trippier yeah. um obviously on in the England duty you, with them in the World Cup he's started you know the, the both games there he's really I think for many Lee been the catalyst for what has happened at Newcastle over the, the last a uh, few months or so leader on and off the pitch why is he your first name on the list for this year's fans football of the year
0: yeah i think ever since he stepped off the plane when we signed him from atletico madrid uh i think the fans have have, have been really excited uh, with him and we, you know we talk about merit marks we give during games well i would be very surprised if he's had lower than an eight in a game um this season uh, well this year and you know he's had a few nines a few tens just really has you know brought the level up at newcastle um we used to have a lot of guaranteed sixes and sevens in the team but to get a a player who's a a guaranteed eight most matches is uh is is fantastic and well i mean where do you start really with him it's you know he's tackling he's passing he's crossing He's got goals in him as well, but then there's the the influence, the encouragement. You know, he galvanises a team, um, and I think probably if I could, if I could like sort of sum it up in in one one moment, it would probably be a away at Tranmere in the in the League Cup, where Newcastle were one nil down, they were struggling, uh, Tranmere were on top in the game, and threatening to score another goal, and then and Trippier came on as sub. Uh, Newcastle a set piece at that time. He just quickly reorganized everything within minutes. Um, you know, Newcastle had got an equalizer that I think he he swung the ball in for that, and they went on to win the game two one. And you know, it was crisis what crisis? So that was a, an example of it. Um, Crystal Palace in the League Cup again comes on as sub, reorganizes it, and you know got everyone organized again for the penalties and scored one of those important penalties himself. So. Yeah, I just think overall he's just been a really good signing, a bargain signing. He was the new owners' as his first buy, coming from Atletico Madrid, and um, yeah, I mean he's probably already a club legend.
1: Um, Ross Neil says Trippier has been awesome. Uh, we, we, we spoke there about his attributes on on the pitch, and you mentioned the organisation that he brings. I, I love watching him, you know, especially after Newcastle score a goal as well. He's the first person just to say, like, calm down, get back into position," because it's that old cliche that you know you're most vulnerable probably when you have just scored a goal and you've mentioned a few points uh during the last year which kind of emphasizes why is in this list how important was it lee his influence during the time he was injured because a lot of players might go you know, might go home they might kind of go away from the camp while they get you know back to to fitness um but he was very much involved behind the scenes even though he was on crutches for most of uh, last season after picking up that injury against uh, against Villa, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, that, that was an unfortunate moment, but um, I think it summed up his character that he came back and played last season and has come back and played not only this season, but been playing at the World Cup as well. So that, for me, um, sums up his, his character. He, as you say, when when he wasn't on the pitch, he was still around the squad in the dressing room um, with, with the players. And I think that's huge. And uh, yeah, it's, it's almost like this sort of Tom Brady syndrome, if you want to t- compare it to like NFL, where, you know, you just got that presence that uh, everyone respects. Players respect them. You know, I've been standing in tunnels talking to him and, you know, people like Kevin De Bruyne are walking past and desperate to, to have a quick chat and shake his hand. So, that sums up the influence of the guy. Um, long may it continue. Yes, fingers crossed.
1: Uh, the next name we'll talk about is Bruno Gumresh. He is in this list, but he's also in the national vote, which we'll get onto after uh, we hear Lee's reasons for, for why Gumresh is in the list. I, suppo- I suppose, Lee, what you're going to say, whatever you're going to say, is probably going to be no surprise to those watching and listening because for many people, Gimres has been... Probably the the signing of the of the new era but then again we've got so many to pick from but why is camresh in your list
0: yeah I mean what 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 can you what what can you say that hasn't already been said about him he's uh he's been fantastic and he was really you know it was a, a slow slow sort of progression of him getting in the team um and then obviously steps on the big stage at Southampton scores a back heel volley um the way Southampton and you know how how many players have got the audacity to step on the Premier League field and and, and do that sort of thing. Um but look, you you just knew um within it probably a couple of games and probably the Leicester game sticks out a lot where he scored the two goals um you know in a crucial game against Leicester, which you know helped Newcastle stay up. And I just think everything about him is he's, he's passing, um you know, he's, he's, he's even his sort of set plays when he's he'll take over a free kick from, from distance and, and chip one in and then he's obviously brought goals to the table as well, which nobody expected that. No one expected him to be a goal scorer. Everyone just thought he was going to be a defensive midfielder, but he can play further up. He can be an eight, he can be a 10. If he wants to, I think he actually does want to. The, the times I spoke to him, he said he wants to score more goals. I mean, he, he's just so dedicated, driven. Sitting, you know, in his spare time, watching Alan Shearer DVDs, things like that. Investing in the history, um, you know, he's, he's he's come out and said it. I'm, I I want to be a legend at the club, and from from a Newcastle fans' point of view, you know, they've got one of the, well, I think he was probably top one of the top twenty midfielders uh, in the world in January, and when, when they signed him, but don't know, maybe he's moved up to the top fifteen now, and uh, could go even further if he stays in the team with Brazil and uh, he win the World Cup?
1: You, uh, you've done you've an article listing those you've nominated. I've put it into the comments there. That's where you guys can vote as well. And in there, that on Gumresch League, You say um, he's bringing Champions League quality to Eddie Howe's squad. And I think a lot of people, if they take a step back, will ask just how on earth Newcastle United managed to sign Bruno Gumresh? Back in that January, when relegation was a real, real possibility, and yet they've gone out and they managed to persuade this midfielder, who, as you said quite rightly, was one of the best midfielders in Europe and is still today. How on earth did they manage to persuade him to come to Newcastle United in that situation?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 double sort of marks to the um, to the recruitment staff on that one because if you think about it. If we go back twelve months ago, now you had, I think it was Juventus were thinking about signing them. PSG were sort of linked with them. Arsenal were linked with them, and um, I think I don't think they were quite sure. And then Newcastle just got a little, a little hint that he might be available, and um, got a private plane sent over to Brazil. And uh, Steve Nixon was was on hand to to get that deal done. And Newcastle, uh, you know, when the rumours start circulating uh, in France and South America, you know, we, we checked them and we were told straight away, "Yep, this is." You can start getting your back pages ready because he's on his way, and uh, Newcastle signed him. And yeah, he's just been a, you know, one of these just star quality players, as I say, Champions League quality. The the biggest issue Newcastle are going to have now is holding on to him. Of course, uh, hopefully we can win something, get in the Champions League. He, he at least needs Champions League football to keep him on board. But, you know, even in the last month or so, Real Madrid again have been linked, Barcelona have been linked, and that. that's when you know you've got a top-quality top performer on your hands.
1: And right at the start, you mentioned it was a bit of a slow burn. He didn't get in the side right away. It was a kind of a test of his character as well, because when you arrive for that amount of money at a club which is, you know, facing a battle for survival, a player of that kind of uh, talent might automatically assume that I'm going to arrive and I'm going to go straight in that squad. But it took him a fair few games to get in, simply because the likes of Joe Linton and Willick and Shelby were performing so well. But didn't kick up a fuss. He just got his head down, worked hard, took his opportunity when he came. And I I, I guess, um, amongst everything he's done, that was probably a really big plus for Freddie Howe, who, of course, did the tests, no doubt, on his attitude and whether he'd fit into the squad. But then to see it in person, him not kicking up a fuss and just getting on with it, he would have been dead happy with that.
0: Yeah, and that, I think Eddie Howe's probably referenced it a few times his press conference. That the character and the personality of the player um, probably helped on that one. Uh, didn't didn't kick up a fuss. I mean, I'm sure he wasn't delighted about it, but it's a, it's it's the way you go about your business. If you if you're gonna kick up a fuss before you even get started, then you know you've got a problem. And, and let's be honest, Newcastle have had players who've come in. From um, around Europe, um, you know, different places where they haven't got a game, but it ha- it just hasn't worked out. But this one, um, this transfer has been, you know, probably ten out of ten in terms of the recruitment side of it, the player coming over, the player being integrated, the player going on the pitch and putting in man the match performances, and just showing uh, what player he is, and probably the best probably one of the best moments for me wasn't, uh, wasn't one of the goals as, as as good as they were was probably um, early in the season. I think it was against Man City and you put in some like really tough tackle near the East stand and then like jumped up and celebrated the tackle as if it was a goal. And it just set the tone in that game. And it was just like, you know, Man City, you're coming here. uh, You're going to have to live with uh, our intensity levels. And uh, yeah, it's just been a, Rip roaring and success, and as I say, hopefully, we'll hold on to him.
1: Does he set the bar, Lee, for maybe what's to come in terms of player arrivals in the future? You know, and in many ways, the expectation maybe um, of what's to come maybe needs to be um, you know, put down just slightly because you're not always going to find a Bruno Gummerash, he's not always going to be that kind of person, not always going to be available, but it's certainly will get people uh, thinking towards the future and, and rubbing their hands at the quality that's to, to follow in his footsteps.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's Newcastle will either try to manage the expectations on that score or see it as a challenge to go to go and find another player just like him, just like Trippier. And they've, they've both been big successes and they've shown that. I mean, they took a gamble. Uh, Bruno took a gamble coming here. Tribute to good gamble coming here because Newcastle were staring relegation in the face. Let's be honest, they were staring relegation in the face this time last year. And I think neither player asked for a a get out clause, a relegation release clause, no minimum fee, release clause, anything like that. They're here because they want to be here. And, you know, they've they've shown the type of character and personality Um, Newcastle have got to try and, you know, continue to get now.
1: Yeah, it's going to be really exciting for fans heading into the next couple of windows. Gilresh is uh, nominated in the the nationwide vote, which is um, over on the on the Mirror's website. And um, I'll pop the link into into the comments in a moment. But I'll just read through some of the nominations because he's going to have his work cut out if he's going to win this one. So he's nominated alongside Kevin De Bruyne, Erling Haaland, Harry Kane, James Madison, Beth Mead, Bakayo Saka, Mohamed Salah, and Hong I Min mean Sun. Some of the best players, Lee, that the Premier League's got to offer and, and, and of course they're Beth Mead who had England success. Um, I guess the fact he's he's nominated um alongside these players is is a massive compliment to, to his performance in the English game in such a short space of time.
0: Yeah, I think you know, if he has a if he has a good second half to the season, then you know you are talking about a, a national national award and for me, that would be richly deserved. Um, but he's a player that doesn't—he doesn't rest if um, if he doesn't get it right. You know, the, when he missed the penalty against Crystal Palace, you could see he was devastated after the game, and he he just wanted to play football again straight away to try and get out of his system. And you know that that shows some players would just shrug that off, celebrate winning the penalty shootout. But he has his own personal standards. Um, you knew you were dealing with a top player when he sort of bought his own. He's got his own sort of media, sort of team. He's got a full team around him, um, and I think that's that's a sign of a top quality player. That's that's the level Newcastle are, are buying now. And yeah, if he wins a national award, great. But again, it puts his uh, it puts up the you know other teams will want him. It puts that that side of it up. Um, but at the minute in the Premier League, where, where else would he go? You wouldn't go anywhere else in the Premier League. You, know, you you would be talking about a Real Madrid to come in and get him. That, that's the sort of level it would, would take to, to do that. But seems happy at the moment and um, good luck to him in the World Cup. Yes, fingers crossed. He gets a bit more game time
1: with Brazil. Um, Next on the list is a fellow countryman of Bruno's and it is Joe Linton, who... For me, he's probably been the most consistent performer. I think, I think this season, and, and just the fact that we're talking about him in this list of, you know, Newcastle United fans' their yeah, nomination is is quite something. Given where he was even this time last season, because I don't think the Norwich game had actually happened yet when he suddenly was discovered as this Patrick Vieira-esque type midfielder. What a turnaround he's had over the last twelve months
0: yeah it's uh it's it's been nothing sure remarkable to be honest uh you know this is a player who come in uh for 40 million pound we all know the story he was given the number nine shirt that immediately put the expectation level up on him and he struggled to to live with it to be fair but uh under eddie howe he just seems to have the right manager at the right time Dropped him back to do a job in midfield, which he's, he's done brilliantly. Didn't complain about it, and this season we've seen him in you know the the forward positions as well. Just a player you would you would want on your team, really. And yeah, the turnaround's been fantastic. I think where wherever you play him, he's going to do a job for you now. So I think you know in the end, when a lot of people question forty million, it's now looking like forty million pound well spent. But He's now been well, well managed. And look, I think at the end of the day, it must have been hard for any player to, you know, to, to come here. And when when the club was in the doldrums, you know, under previous management, previous ownership, and it was just so difficult. Everything was a struggle, you know, going on to social media was just toxic. And, you know, we we all we can all say it. And that don't forget the impact that can have on on players because if, if even if they're not looking at it someone might think they're doing them a favour by saying obviously in this and then they think everyone's talking about them so it's not very nice uh, for players sometimes when when they're struggling with the social media side of it but for him he's just he's rose above all that rose all above it and uh yeah he, he, he's one of the first names on a team sheet now
1: just just that last phrase there one of the first uh names on the team sheet when you see it i think a lot of people will just be scratching their heads in in amazement i mean i totally agree with you and i think everyone else will as well but just to say that considering again where he was this time last year uh what do you think the difference has been lee for dealing? is it solely down to eddie howe coming in and putting an arm on the shoulder um was it just maybe the, the previous manager just totally overlooked him as a as a midfield and and force. I mean, to be fair, I think everyone did. What what has been the difference? Why is he now one of the first names on the team sheet?
0: I think first and foremost, he's ha- he's had time to settle into the into the city, um, sell in the area, learn what it what it's all about, and obviously they've got to learn the language as well. Which which he he now does interviews in English. In the mix zone after games you know i think he was always prepared to, to, he always had the, the will to do it but he, he's he's now just understanding what's going on uh, around him and i think obviously the change changing manager has has been to his benefit i think eddie howe has got him playing probably the best football of his career so far um and you just no, if you if you do push him up, you know he's going to cause opposition defenses a, a problem. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I go back to that game against Norwich when he scored a couple and he was on a hat trick and he and he'd come off and you just think he would desperate for him to get a hat trick. But it's again, it's part of the management taking him off when he's on two goals just makes him more hungry the next game. Just little things like that that the like the management team seem to be on top of so it, it's a combination of things really but ultimately it's it's down to the player himself it's, it's like anything isn't it it's on you sometimes you know he, he can look himself in the mirror and knows he's given him given it 100% and you know you can you can look he he if he wanted to he could have looked around for every excuse in the book uh, but he did he chose not to do that he chose to focus on himself and, you know, go on the field and put in 100% and the fans appreciate that. And, you know, he's um, he's reaping the benefits of, of being a Newcastle player now.
1: Yeah, 100%. He's got such an engine on him as well. He's up and down the field. He's strong as well. And I think that's one of the things that stands out for me. He's now aggressive. He's now not afraid kind of his own shadow. I think the Joe Linton of old... He always had his head down. He didn't look happy. And he, he, he looked like he would just kind of, and this is just my view, kind of walk away from any confrontation. But now what you see is, you know, he. he I think players are scared, kind of scared of him when he's, they're being chased down by him. And it's because I think he's realised, you know, he's a big guy. He's got a bit of muscle about him. And he's, he's kind of utilising that in his in, in the role he's in now, where he's getting stuck in. And we've seen him countless times this season towards the last season where you know, he's getting in people's faces. And I think that's been a massive difference to the to the of all.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the physicality side of it is uh, is a huge part of the Premier League. Um, but, you know, if you look at his statistics at the end of each game, he's, he probably wins about six, seven, eight aerial balls a game, no matter where he is, you know, no matter what position. So statistically, he's got it. Physically, he's got it. Technique, he's got it. I mean, if there's one area he probably needs to improve on, it's probably the goals side of it. Can he get more goals? But even if he doesn't, he's, he's contributing in, in other ways. So, nevertheless, for all for all I'm talking about goals, he's he's on the list as one of the players of the year. So, um, yeah, that's that's what that's certainly what I think of. him Anyway. Yeah,
1: I'm amazing that he's he's had such a a, a fantastic. Uh, 12 months and, and what a turnaround! And the same goes for the final man on the list, Lee McGuill. I'll meet you on another one, which I think if you'd asked a year ago to, to name the list for uh, 2022, you know, a, a few people would have picked him to may, maybe even be at the club still, let alone on this list of um, the fans' football of the year. But what a season this guy had. It's kind of started towards the end of the last season. He got that goal against Palestinian, You know, we started to see... The little bits of Eddie have magic, but this season so far, it's just been unbelievable. I mean, why is Almirón on your list for Fans' Football of the Year?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, to be honest, there was there was a, as you mentioned earlier, there was a lot of competition to to feature on this, and one player who was probably neck and neck with Almirón was Fabian Scher. and I've and I've opted for Almirón. Maybe I've Maybe I've been swept away with the current form, but I'm I'm I've got no problem with that. Um the season's paused at the moment, and Almiron is probably the best player in the country at the moment in terms of his goals, his assists, his performances. He's just won every award going. And I just think, you know, I, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to to sit down and do an interview with him um a couple of weeks ago and we haven't we haven't really spoke to him a lot because because of the lockdown and things like that. And I just thought he's so such a down to earth character, and he's not going to be one of these that you know gives it the big one on social media. He's, he doesn't want to be one of the, these players who's letting his mouth go all the time. Just wants to get his head down and and, and play for Newcastle Night and do well. And and off the field, you know, I spoke to him and he he was talking about how he how he enjoys, you know, taking his little boys to the park and just things like that. Um, he's a real family man. And I just think he's a good character to have. And, yeah, I mean, if you even if you go back to the summer, I think Newcastle were were looking at possibly players in his position. Well, you wouldn't swap him now, for for anybody in the Premier League at any price, save your money, because you've already got a £100 million player on your hands at the moment, in my opinion. Again, might be getting a little bit carried away, but that's fine because we've all seen what Almirón can do, and I think there's going to be more to come. So I would uh, keep your money and invest in other positions uh, because you've got an attacking player there who's very capable at the moment.
1: And again, the same question as I asked you with Joe Linton: What's the difference been?
0: Difference, um, again, character, was willing to battle. If you go back to the start, yeah, he wasn't actually on the team sheet. And he really come alive, I think it was against Crystal Palace, and then we the week game, got called a month. So, personality, um, again, willingness to improve. But the big one for me is uh, the tactics. Yeah. Um, Eddie Howe is encouraging the team to attack. They want to get Almir on the ball as much as they can, and get it to the areas where he, where he likes it. Before that, he was sort of shackled by defensive duties. You know, he's having to chase back and get tackles in, which he does anyway. But then there was no, there was nothing the other way in terms of getting the ball to his feet, and he wasn't allowed to sparkle like he is now. So. Yeah, I mean, I actually said it to him when I when I spoke to him. I just said, as journalists, we we we're, we're always comparing players. With, it's always the next year the next Gaza, the next whoever. But at the minute, I I kind of think of a player who he reminds me of, which is credit to him. He's very unique in that he's doing his own thing. He's got the work rate, the goals, the explosiveness, playing with a smile on his face, and. I think that's really refreshing to see that you know he's, he's not trying to be anyone else; he's trying to be himself. And I just think it's great to see, and um, you know, long may it continue because he's another player that could is on course if he wants it to to be a legend at the club.
1: And he seems to be having his own goal of the season competition as well. He's scored some absolute uh, brilliant goals so far this season. Is there one that stands out above all else for you?
0: Yeah, I would. uh, You've got to be looking at the one at Fulham. Just the technique. It was just um, one of the best goals I've seen, really. And just the at Fulham, you obviously you're behind um, the Fulham fans. Fulham fans are all around the press box. They're quite polite fans, actually, normally. But on that day um when that goal went in, they were on their feet applauding it. And and I think that would have been wouldn't have mattered if you were at Fulham, um, anywhere else in the country. I think if you you're not a football fan, if you wouldn't be standing up and applauding that goal, even if it's against your team. And yeah, it was an unbelievable strike. And but he's he's got so many more as well. I, I quite like the one at Tottenham, the solo goal where he weaved around in the box. Obviously the gate the goal against uh, Palace earlier in the year and Everton recently as well. As you say, he's having his own competition, so he's he's putting the pressure on himself to, to do it again, but I, I just hope he keeps working hard. Uh, a
1: lot of people <laughs> reference what Jack Reedish said in, in the summer. We're not going to dwell on it too much, but I think actually some of the tension that's been on it recently has been a little bit unfair to Al because as you've mentioned with previous players that we spoke about in this episode, it's down to the player. You know, yes, Jack Grealish said what he did, but you know, there's been certain, um, maybe pundits or fan websites who've kind of said, Oh, it's down to Jack Grealish who's, who's really motivated. And some of it might be said in a jovial style, but you know, let's make no mistake. The reason Al is doing so well, um, parted down to Eddie Howe, but really down to the player, uh, and his his drive to improve and, and and get better, yeah, I
0: mean, I don't know if Jack Grealish just had a rush of blood that day. Uh, I think he was obviously quite happy that he won the league, probably wouldn't do it again if he had his time um, you know didn't uh, think cover himself with glory really it's it's a it can be a tough world with social media, and uh, I think that caused unnecessary if you I mean if you've won the if you won the Premier League, you're playing for Man City, playing for England, you shouldn't need to worry about other people, you know, you shouldn't need to worry about people who are may not be on top of the game. But I think if it has, if it has given any motivation, then fair enough. But I agree with you, I don't think it has. I think it, this is a coincidence. And I think him working on the training ground every day, wanting to get better you know, living his life the right way. You know, he's not going out to town, or you know, living the pot. We've seen players who do come to Newcastle and you know make headlines for the wrong reason. Not him. Um, Wants to do the right things off the pitch, and um, yeah, he's, it, it, as again, he's just reaping reaping the rewards at the moment.
1: And just a final word on Almirola. How important. You mentioned tactics earlier when you were talking about the fact that Newcastle do play this pressing game, and you know they're not really they don't sit back and try and absorb teams as as they used to, under Steve Bruce. But the fact that they get in the opposition's face, they don't give them a moment to breathe. How important is that kind of style of play to to what we've seen from Almiron? Because he's really been, uh, I would say, in, in some some people's opinion, like the most important element of of, of this pressing approach because. He's right up there as soon as, you know, the goalkeeper or the centre-back we saw against, uh, was it Brentford, didn't we, how quick closing down he was. Um, how important is that style of play to, to what we've seen from him this season?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crucial that you've got someone who can deliver that final product. If You know, it's, it's no good keep pushing forward and you're not producing anything, but he's he's got it all, hasn't he? He's, he can hold it up if he needs to. He can unleash a shot if he needs to. He can dribble in the box and took one away. And you know, as we're seen in the Chelsea game, you got a really important assist in that game. You know, it didn't get the headlines in terms of getting the goal, but I think any any coach worth worth assault would say if you provide the assist, you get just as much credit as a goal scorer. And he'd done his job that day without the headlines so yeah long may it continue
1: fingers crossed uh, for players who uh, thoroughly deserve to be nominated for the newcastle united fans football of year, as lee mentioned there fabian shen there might be a few other players who are unfortunate to miss out but um you know i think newcastle performed so well that you know certain players were always going to miss out not necessarily because of not performed well just because nearly everyone has performed so well and we can only pick a handful of players to nominate i'll pop the comments in uh, i'll pop the link into the comments there where you can vote i've also popped lee's exclusive interview with Mel McGraw, me on at the comments there for you to take a read in case you missed it first time around also the link to the national vote on which bruno gumrash is listed so plenty um of um voting for you guys to do thank you lee for coming out of the podcast and explaining your choices you can head over to chronicle live where you can keep a date with all the latest newcastle united news including um some stories from lee um um on sponsorships and uh, kit uh, manufacturers and, and lots more to come this week as well um do remember to like and subscribe to the podcast through your podcast provider and on youtube and hit those links in the comments and make sure you vote for your newcastle united fans footballer of the air